Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. And we just honor you for being such an awesome God. You are our Father, living in heaven and dwelling among us in the hearts and in the minds of men and women all around this world. God, we just adore you. We lift you up. We magnify you. We extol you. You are such an awesome God. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will move by your spirit in the midst of us tonight and even calls revelation knowledge to take place. Thank you, dear Lord, that you told us we could bind and loose every distraction. We bind it in the name, Lord Jesus. Everything that will come against this Bible study, tell a Bible study, we bind it in the name, Lord Jesus. We loose revelation knowledge. We loose understanding. We loose, O oh God, the knowledge of God, that it might penetrate us, even overwhelm us, engulf us, Oh, God, in your word, let your word reign supreme in our hearts and minds. Let the light bulb come on in our life that we might truly see the goodness of the Lord. Thank you, dear Lord, for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for blessing us with another day. Thank you, dear Lord, for being so good to us. We pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would just have your way. Have your way. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Now, I'm going to mute everyone because I hear somebody moving around. All right. And we're going to get started in Chapter 9. Can you imagine? We finished one book, and now we're into another book. We're already on page 49 in Pigs in the Parlor, A Practical Guide to Deliverance by Frank and Ida Mae Hammond. Thank you, God. Uh, uh, Chapter number 9, page 49. Feeling the house, feeling the house. When an unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walks through dry places, seeking rest, finding none. He Then he saith, I will return to my house. From whence I came out, and when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Then goeth he, and taketh with him, with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation. See, we've really got a job. We've really got a serious, serious job to do when it comes to deliverance. See, to have a deliverance service, and, 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 and this is when I say, when we start to have mature, listen, mature folks who know God's word, when you see certain things, you'll know that that's not, that's not how God would want that. 
You gotta, you really gotta be analytical, and it's not that you really have to protest because God has already showed us that in His Word when the disciples came to Him and said, "You know what? There is some folks over here that's casting out demons in Your name. If if they're doing it, should we stop them?" He says, "No. If they're casting them out My name and they leave, and then guess what? Leave them alone." They got to have some kind of relationship with me if they're casting demons out and they're coming out in my name. They got they have to have some kind of relationship with me, but they may not be with us, but they're working through me. They're working through my name. So leave them alone. However, we have got to see that when a demon is cast out, let me tell you, there are some steps that have to take place. This is why Jesus says when he did some deliverance, he'll say, go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. See, these are the instructions that's got to come afterwards, not just to cast a demon out. You're casting demons out of folks, and then you've got to give them some instructions on what to do. Why? Because the demon is going to come back. This is what the Bible says. And when you understand that, listen, you operate differently. When you understand that, you'll see things differently. Now, uh, with the, the information that we have for tonight, when it comes to filling of the house, I literally skipped through, read it, and skipped through page uh, 49, uh, the portion of 49, the scripture only, and then jumped over to page 50 and started dealing with the last two paragraphs when it talks about with what do we fill this house, because that's the main thing that we're looking at within this Bible study. What do you fill the house with? When the demon is gone, there is a void. When the demon is gone, there is a whole life life change and mindset change. And I don't know about you, but since we started uh, reading the book and when we began to pray, in the conclusions of some of the chapters, I can't remember exactly what chapter we were in, but we prayed a prayer. And and as I shared with the, with uh, those who are here on the phone, that there was a change in my own life. There was an absence of a chatter that was in my own life that was no longer there. When you experience that, then again, you've got to Fill that void. This is what this chapter is all about. You've got to fill that void. You've got to fill your spirit with certain things. Sister Sharon was sharing with me before the Bible study started, and she was talking about what are we filling, what are we going to fill that void with? Are you going to fill it with the things of God, or are you going to fill it with the things of Satan, the things of this world? You, 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 listen, you've really got to ask yourself the question. And when you ask yourself the question, it's not so much of sitting and, and, and pondering. And let me ask this question. It's really an analyst. When you analyze what you're doing, that tells you the answer. Not what you say out your mouth, but what you're doing. It's one thing to say, but it's a whole other thing to do it. It says you've got to fill this house. With purity and power. These two words summarize his person. That's Jesus. You're going to fill it with Jesus. Fill the house with Jesus. Purity and power. And see, this is the thing. The confidence that the believer must have. Let me tell you something. The devil is going to run roughshod all over you. I'm talking he's going to, he's going to just run you ragged. If you don't do two things, purity and power. 
You gotta operate in power. You gotta know you've got the power. You cannot play with demons. You cannot listen. You cannot uh, have doubt with demons. Demons are confident. Dark angels are confident. Principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness, and rulers, they are confident in what they do. So as a believer, when you do warfare, when you do deliverance, when you're in spiritual warfare and you're doing, when you're doing, thank you, Holy Spirit, when you're doing intercessing, when you're intercessing for someone else, let me tell you, you got to have confidence. What is that confidence? That confidence is your faith. That confidence is your belief. Here we go. It says down here, it says, in this ministry, it says, I have, hold on, where were we? Here we go, right here, okay. Now, where it talks about down at the bottom, it goes, now the Lord filled, filled up all the empty places. This is what we're talking about. When the, when the enemy leaves, you they get to the point where they want to pray a prayer over the person. And and what he was saying here, he said that he cringed when they hear them pray this prayer about fill up all. Now, Lord, fill all the empty places. And this happens so often with Christians that they are looking for God to do something that God said you must do. That's Romans chapter 12 when it talks about the renewing of your mind. You got, listen, you got to renew your mind. You got to dig into this word. You got to have this relationship with God. You got to have this confidence that, no, I'm not worried about that. And folks, listen, Folks will have worry, and then they'll bring their worry to you. And if you're not careful, that worry gets on you, and it's upsetting you. You can't do it. And you can't expect God, bottom of page 50, you can't expect God to do something that you're supposed to do. Here we go. It says, fill up the empty places. I've seen many persons lose their deliverance because they did not know how to fill their house. You got to know how. And listen to this. Not think that you know. I think I know what I'm supposed to do. You run into that often too. Well, I just believe. Well, I think I'm supposed to. No, no, no. You've got to know confidently what to do now that you're free. And and when you are free, let me tell you something. And there's one story in the book. It talks about the enemy after it was the demon after it was cast out, the evil spirit after it was cast out, it will keep attempting to reenter. Oh, now you're going to blame it on the, the man of God who laid hands on you, the woman of God who prayed on you. She slapped her hand on your belly, prayed. You felt that deliverance when you left, and then the enemy comes back and begins to whisper again, and you allow it to come back in, dealing with the same, activating the same, acting in the same way that you always did, and you were delivered. You think the demon, listen, this is what I love about the Bible. It says, it's it's going to leave. It's going to wander around. It doesn't give a time frame. Then it's going to come back. When it comes back, you got to say no vacancies. You got to go down the street somewhere. 
Go into the pigs. There's a cat right there. Go into that cat. There go a dog. Go into the dog. I got plenty of birds in my front yard. Go into one of them birds, but you can't come back here. This is what's got to happen when it comes to deliverance. Now it starts to give us what you fill the house with. It says the first thing, it says here, it says filling the house with the Spirit's power. That's the Holy Ghost. This is yielding to the Holy Ghost. Ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Acts chapter 1, verse 5. Acts chapter 2, verse 4, it says, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, you've got to understand, I love it and I can't wait. It's going to be achieved, and it's not going to be achieved one time. It's going to be achieved more than once, and you're going to see the power of God move when you can be in one place and on one accord. This is what happened. This is what the Bible says, that they were in one place, they were on one accord, and the Holy Spirit came through that place, and when he came through, let me tell you, the power of God came in the place. See, if you can get folks to put down your own ideas, I talk about it all the time when it comes to strategizing. Yes, you've got to have your outline for your day. You've got to uh, uh, have your plan of action, your strategic plan for your day. Yes, you do. If you get up and you don't know what in the world you're going to do, there's some priorities that you're supposed to take care of that you will not take care of. Why? Because you didn't plan. You've got to strategize and plan. You've got to have your tomorrow mapped out. If you get up tomorrow and you really need to get to the post office before 9 o'clock to get that letter in the mail so you can make sure that the contract that you're getting to this company is going to be there on time, and then you wait, you get up in the morning, you don't know what in the world you're going to do, and then all of a sudden you're going to try to put together a plan. Here it is, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, you say, oh, you know what? That contract is very important. Ah, man, it's supposed to be in the mail by 9 o'clock this morning. Wow. No, you got to strategize and plan and make sure that the high payoff activities are done at the appropriate time. God willing, I'm going to do this tomorrow. God willing, I'm going to do that tomorrow. You've got to plan and strategize. This is the key. You, with all of your strategizing and planning, you got to make sure that God's in it. That you include God. Watch what happens. Then you start to see the power of God. When you get all of these folks plant, this is what this is their goal. This is the plan. When I get in the house today, I'm focused. When I go to church today, I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission to pay attention. I'm on a mission to watch the worship leader and whatever the worship leader does, I'm doing. If I see the worship leader lifting up their hands, I'm going to lift up my hands. Why? Because I want to be on one accord with the leader. When I see the psalmist, whoever's singing, when I see the minstrel, whoever's playing, if he's playing and he's in the spirit and he says, worship with me, then I'm going into worship. You get so many folks, their mind is on so many different things. You don't have a plan. Good God Almighty. You got to have a plan. And the plan is let the spirit lead god have your way god have your way jesus have your way here we go 
Don't forget those two scriptures, Acts chapter 1, verse 5, Acts 1, 5, and Acts 2, 4. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. Then it comes down, Acts 1 and 8. You see all of the power. When it comes to the Spirit's power, you see it in the book of Acts. So you've got to study that to see. See, some folks want more of the Holy Spirit, but you won't study. You want more of the Holy Spirit. You want the leading of the Holy Spirit, but you don't chase after it. You don't try to find it. Let let a baby let a baby drop that bottle. That's the, the, the example the Holy Spirit just gave me. Let a baby drop that bottle and watch how they feel around and start to kick. And if they can't find it fast enough, they're going to start screaming, I want that bottle. Well, the Bible says that we as the children must uh, desire the sincere milk of the word like a baby. You desire, I got to have it. And if I don't have it, listen, God, I'm about to lose my mind if I don't get more of this spirit. I need this spirit. I need the power. Wow. See, this is folks who want more. Listen, when you want more, you run after more. You get up early to get more. You sit quietly before him and say, God, I'm just going to sit here. You read the scripture. I uh, think it was Hezekiah turned his face to the wall. Said, 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 uh, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to turn you loose until you bless me. Or no, he, one of them turned their face to the wall. Another one was wrestling with them. These are folks who want more. God bless me. Give me more time. Give me more years. Take away this sickness. Uh, David, even when he had slept with Bathsheba, fasted and prayed, calling on God. Please, please don't let the baby die. This is folks that want something. Oh, angel, I ain't going to let you go. I ain't going to let you go. The angel had to knock his hip out of joint. Why? Because I want something from you. I ain't going to let you go until you bless me. So if you want more of the Holy Spirit, this is the power. You've got to fill yourself with the Spirit of God. And this is sitting before God. This is knowing God. This is chasing after God. This is studying God. This is, watch this, prostrate before God. Where you prostrate, where you lay out before him and you say, I'm going to stay right here on this floor. Yes, you may just find yourself waking up. You, you laid on the floor. You're asking God, begging God. You went to sleep. Guess what? When you wake up, you keep on asking him. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 11. These are the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit, the Spirit of power, the fruits of the Spirit. What is it? And it says, I'm sorry, it says the spiritual gifts. There you go, the spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 7 through 11. The, the spiritual, supernatural gifts, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit's working through the manifestations of these supernatural gifts. Here we go. It says the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, faith. And I'm telling you, I'm huge on faith because a lot of these other things connect. That's when you have the armor on, the belt of truth, loins girded about with truth. You have the breastplate of righteousness. All of these things, they tie in to what you believe. The gift of healing. See, sometimes I'm always looking. I'm, it does not make, see, some folks, you're so embarrassed. You're so, I don't want to lay hands on somebody and they don't get healed. Then it's not, it's like I don't have it. And then I might as well not pray. No, if they don't get healed, that ain't on me. That's on God. 
That's the kind of confidence you got to have that when you lay hands on them, listen, in, in my, I'm going to call it a profession. In my profession, listen, you be out of business before you know it. You wouldn't last 20 years, 25 years in ministry. You wouldn't last. Why? Because the first time you lay hands on somebody and they don't get healed, you're ready to quit. Last, next time you speak something over a person and speak prosperity over them and, and it goes two or three years and they're still in the same position and, and you're ready to quit. Faith says, guess what? I trust you, God. And if I trust you, then I'll do what you say do. And if you don't do it, it ain't on me. That's on God. I know this is the confidence you got to have. I know I believe. And that's why you keep laying on hands. That's why you keep on praising. That's why you keep on trusting in spite of how things look. you got to watch. Here we go. You've got to be able to get to the edge of the mountain, the cliff. Look and see the Red Sea and say, now, what you going to do now, God? Because I'm just saying right here until you do something. Now, either I'm going to walk on the water, you're going to open the water, or you're going to tell me to swim. One of, one of the three I'm going to do. You, you're going to, you may, number four, you may just lift me up and take me over. That's why you got to have that faith. That's a spirit. You got to have that faith. Gift of healing, working of miracles, prophecies, discerning of spirits. And, and when you say discerning of spirits, I'm not talking about stuff that's in the natural. Some stuff folks say they discern. You ain't discern it. You didn't have to discern that. You can see that in the natural. One plus one is two. You could put those things together. That's not discerning of, of, of the spirit. That's not a discerning of spirits. You when when it doesn't when you can't see it in the natural and you discern it. Not just being able to put things together. Yeah, you can put some stuff together. Kinds of tongues. And then the interpretation of tongues. Now, it's a breakdown at the bottom of page fifty one and it shows you how these words of wisdom, the knowledge, the discerning of spirits and things of that nature, down the bottom of page 51, it shows you throughout the book of Acts how these were manifested. Thank you, Holy Ghost. How these things were manifested, and it's so powerful. Another scripture in that area, and I'm just going to hit you with these two scriptures, and I'm going to roll on to the spirits, the spirits' fruits, um, and that's another area of filling it in. But if you don't have a book, I want you to have these scriptures when it pertains to the supernatural gifts, how God allows you to have these gifts. And then you should desire, thank you, Holy Ghost, you should desire these gifts. He, here we go. Watch this. He makes strong th thrust at the gifts and especially... And especially at tongues, which has a special purpose in the edification of the individual believer. I keep talking to you about tongues and speaking in tongues and staying in tongues and going into your secret closet in tongues when you identify that there's something tormenting you, there's something disturbing you, it's messing you up, and you can't figure it out, you better stay in tongues. Paul said, I, I speak in tongues more than any of you. Why? Because it's something that he does. How can he speak in tongues more than any of them? And again, it's not something that he, God, either when God comes on you, and many times when you begin to just 
utter, you'll see that God will take over as you utter. It's not done for aggrandizement of yourself or to make yourself seem super spiritual. It is done to edify your spirit because there is a spirit being inside of you, and it says you don't know. It's not about your mind knowing what's going on. It's about your spirit talking to the spirit of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse number 4. Whew. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31. All right, now, next, fill in the house with the Spirit's fruit. Fill in the house with the Spirit's fruit. Now, these are some things, when it comes to love, listen, number one, love. We could spend all night just talking about love, the honest and truly, the love, the love that God says love. Listen, it is so hard to understand for the natural mind to understand how to love the way God says love. And that kind of love, the agape kind of love, is an unconditional love, and it's a sacrificial love. That's a love that gives, not a love that's, that, that's looking to receive. It's not about me receiving. See, our kind of love, if you love me, you'll give me something. Yeah, if you love me, then you'll sacrifice for me and give me something precious. You'll give me something expensive. If you love me, you wouldn't buy me this little ring. You'll buy me a big ring. If you love me, you'll give me something expensive, not something cheap. Come on, somebody. If you love me, this is what. So we know that love is a sacrificial love, and, and we say that if they love me, you're going to give to me. We don't really say, if I love you, if I love you, I'm going to prove it because the way I, what the things I'm going to do. What am I going to do? The young couple, uh, um, 21 years old, neither one of them, uh, they're not married. They're dating. And, and the guy says, I love you so much that I'll wait. And if I wait three years, seven years, ten years, and we don't get married, I'll never touch you. We will never have sex. Why? Because I love you so much. See, that's the kind of thing. It's a sacrifice. That, okay, sweetheart, because you don't look the way you used to look. But guess what? It's not about that. I love you. Some folks will say, you don't look the way you look. He, he's not handsome anymore. I want a handsome man. He didn't let himself go. She didn't let herself go. She don't, she don't make me smile the way she used to. He don't, listen, he don't have as much money. He lost a good paying job. He, he only got a de halfway decent job now. I don't want him anymore. The love, this kind of love, is a sacrificial love. Help me, Holy Ghost, to keep it moving. Here we go. The next one, watch this, joy, peace, long-suffering. And, and, and thank you, God. He just reminded me. Don't forget, the love is number one. I'm going to fly through this to get to the love, and then I'm going to continue again on love because we, we talked about it a little bit. But that's another thing that we're filling it with is the fruit of love. And, and, and I kind of got off on a tangent there. Watch this. Go to the top of page 53. Because these other areas, bottom of 52, those other areas are so important. The gentleness, goodness, faith, 
meekness, temperance. You can look them up in Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23. Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23. You can look it up. So what are we after when it comes to deliverance? Watch this. After you get delivered, you're at, you really want to cast the demon out, but then you've got to fill it up. You've got to fill that house, and then you've got to keep it filled. Otherwise, the evil spirit will return. And watch this. It says spirits will return or may return in greater force than before. Now, it says here may return in uh, greater force. The scripture said he's going to bring seven more with him. Now, I don't care whether it's five, whether it's four, he's going to come back. He was already wreaking havoc in your life. You wanted him out, and now I don't care if you bring one back. The secret is found in John chapter 15, verse number 4. John chapter 15, verse number 4. It says, the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it does what? Abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. This is, it's all about you, Jesus. Everybody, listen, the, the world is trying to get Jesus out. Don't talk about Jesus. Don't mention Jesus. If you close the prayer and you're going to do it publicly, don't do it in Jesus' name. Do it in God. Thank you, God, for this day. And in God, God, we thank you. Amen. Don't say in Jesus' name because the demons know this is what is whispering to people. Don't let them use that name of Jesus because the name of Jesus is the power. You got to abide in Jesus. The key word is abide, to stay connected to Jesus so that the life of Christ will flow into the branch and the fruit will result. How does one abide? That's a question that we ask. How do you abide? And the answer is in verse 10. It says, if ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide. And this is one of the, the hugest pushes that I'm doing right now, the huge push is to get folks to keep the command. I'm talking every commandment. Why? It sets you up for a blessing. It sets you up for a blessing. It sets you up to be continuously blessed. It sets you up where God is going to blow your mind. Abiding is synonymous with keeping the Lord's commandments. And what we listen, what we shall and what shall we have by obedience or abiding? It says, My love and my joy. This is what you do. When you read the scripture, you'll see that it shows you his love and his joy. Now, when some folk get the love, help me God. <laughs> When they get the love, they don't. They get the love of God. They don't want to activate the love of God because they're looking for folks to show the love of this world, the fleshy kind of love, the touchy kind of love, the emotional kind of love. Listen, but when God's love gets in you, you start sacrificing. You start making it about somebody else and not about you. It's not about you, it's about them. It's about them. It's about other people. That's when you'll start to see. It says, when we obey, we have fellowship with the Lord, 
and watch this, and we obtain his love, his joy, his peace. And then that's what we're going to go through, the love, the joy, the peace. That's where we are now. We we get the love, we get the joy, we get the peace. And and you'll see, here we go again, when we start talking about the discerning of spirits, and we say, oh, I can tell something's going going on with them. Yeah, you look at their face all the time, and they look angry. You look at their face, they're always, their face always distorted. They're always angry. They're always upset. They look mad. So you dis, you discern. You're not discerning. You just look at their face. You can tell something's going on. There's no joy. There's no inner joy. i never seen a person that was really had inner joy, and they walk around angry all the time. They walk around fussing, fussing all the time. I, I haven't seen it. And then they say they got joy. Oh, I got joy. I got joy unspeakable. God is so good to me. But I'm just I just walk around angry all the time. No. The love, the joy, the peace. It says in first John, first uh, John chapter fourteen, verse thirty and thirty one, the prince of this world, Satan, cometh, and hath nothing in me. And as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. So the things that God said for Jesus to do, he kept them. And that's why he could walk in the power. That's why he can have the peace. That's why he can have the inner joy. He never, watch this, he never said a word, talking about Jesus, flip over the top of page 54, nor performed an act outside of the Father's will. How many things do we do that we know are outside of God's will and constantly just live a life of asking God to forgive me for the exact same thing I did yesterday and the exact same thing I did the day before and the exact same thing I did last week. And just keep asking, keep asking, keep asking, keep asking. No, that's got to go. That's got to go. Every time if I see myself doing something, if there's a thought that comes to my mind, that's a perverted thought. No, 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 you watching certain body parts a little bit too much. What is going on? That's a lustful spirit, and I bind it in the name of Jesus. You get, Listen, you'll find yourself binding something off your own self when you start to identify that something in my life that should not be, it does not line up with the word, and you begin to cast out demons out of yourself. You bind the spirit. It never said you couldn't. Here we go. Scripture. John chapter 15, verse number 10. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Hallelujah. Even as I have kept my Father's commandment and abide in his love. Is that simple or not? Fither, hither, fither, whither, whither, hither, fither. No, that is very plain and simple right there. The key is... Folks have read it, and their minds were blinded by the enemy, and they could not interpret what it meant. They heard it but didn't hear. They heard it but didn't listen. They heard it but didn't follow it. Jesus said, I was able to walk in this power. Greater things than these you're going to be able to do. Why? Because if you read what I'm saying and do what I'm saying do, 
you're going to walk in a greater power than this. You're going to do greater things than this. His ministry was only three years. Guess what? Some of our ministries gone 10, 15, 20, 25 years. You're going to do greater things than I. You're going to see more people delivered. Why? Because you're doing exactly what I said do. The key is we want to get what Jesus had. We want to operate in the power that Jesus operated in, but we don't want to do it the way Jesus said do it. It's not going to happen. I don't care who you are. The first fruit, watch this. So where did we go? We went, number one, it said the spirit fruit, uh, spiritual power, First, we dealt with the spiritual power. Then we dealt with the spiritual fruits. And then those spiritual fruits, another fruit is called the love. We dealt with the love. This is the, listen, you got folks that are dealing with emotional problems. It is messing up the, your ability to really show love. But one thing you're going to see in, this, in these next, this next section is that, again, forgiveness will mess you up. Forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. Unforgiveness will mess you up. It will torment you because you refuse to release, folks. I'm upset with him, and I will not release him. And you will not have the power of God rest in your life. You will not be able to deliver yourself or anybody else. You will not see the evidence of God's power show up in your life if you will operate in unforgiveness. All you've got to do is read the Bible and it will tell you, forgive them, forgive me, forgive me my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against us. After the prayer is over, amen. And then it says, because if you will not forgive your heavenly Father will not forgive you. You better know the word, and you better know it's true, and you better know that you can't. See, a lot of times, folks, what we want to do is alter stuff. Uh, you see, folks, they want to alter the rules the rules of the road. When it says do not cross over a solid white line, they want to cross over the solid white line. They'll cross over a double solid line, uh, the line double, and, and it's got a little grid in the middle of it to show you. So when you ride over it, it, it starts to make all this noise to show you you in a forbidden area. We ride right over it. We ride over the solid line, over the grid, and over the next solid line, and move to it. Because I want to change the rules. I want to make the rules what I want to do. That's what we do in life. I want to make marriage the way I say. Love, love me the way I say love me. Not the way God said love me. You love me the way I say love me. Make me feel the way I will. No, no, no. God will listen. We walk around the wilderness for 40 years. You're going to do it God's way. You will do it God's way. Unforgiveness will mess you up. Matthew chapter 18, verse 32 and 35. Matthew chapter 18, 32 and 35. Watch this. It says, he could not be delivered from the tormentors until he had... Here we go. I'm sorry. Let me do it this way. And it was explained that he must repent of his hatred and forgive, that the person by an act of his will. It says, it was also shown him that according to Matthew 18:32-35, he could not be delivered from the tormentor until he had willed to forgive. That's the 
It is the key. You gotta be in a position where you releasing folks. The Bible will be so very clear to you. That's why I pray all the time for revelation. That's when the light bulb comes on. That's when you understand. I'm never going to get deliverance until I release folks. If you bring your 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 gift to the altar, when you bring it to the altar. And you remember that you got all against your brother. Go back and fix it. Then come back to the altar. Bring your gift back then. Don't expect to receive it if you will not forgive. All right? Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. It says, for if you forgive, this is what I quoted earlier. If you forgive men their trespasses, then your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses passes. Matthew chapter six, verse fourteen and fifteen. So forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. And again in the area of love, it's gonna mess up. You you got you just put one little thing. I don't I'm gonna use oysters. Uh you could use crabs, you could use uh matter of fact you could use collard greens and and you could have a whole big bunch of oysters or crabs or or collard greens. You say, well, what what does those things have in common? All of them have the ability that when you eat them, they could have some dirt in them. The oysters could have little grains of sand in them, and it messes up the whole thing. Crabs, just a little piece of shell, especially when you buy canned crab meat. And the next thing you know, one little piece of shell, grit, dirt, in the collard greens, same thing. All kinds messes up the whole thing. Unforgiveness will mess up your love. All right? And your love got to be the love of God, the unconditional kind of love. The next one is the fruit of joy. I'm talking just happy, folks. Happy, happy. The joy, I'm talking when happy matures to joy. It's a joy. It's, you know, we hear them say it. They've said it so many times. Folk use it as a as a as a spark, as a um, infuser of of excitement. Thank you, Holy Ghost. When when they say the joy, the joy that I got, the joy, this joy I got, the Lord, the world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. This joy, this kind of joy is so unusual. Because it's not, if you look at it, it's not like the world does. See, what happens is the enemy starts to use fear. He starts to use insecurities, nervousness, restless, being unhappy. Those are torments, and it will steal your joy. When when some of the demons are cast out, and again, when it comes to you not having your joy, and the manifestation of that is shown on your face, and when that demon comes out, you'll see sometimes they come out foaming at the mouth, the person is spitting. Sometimes that happens. The demon does not want to come out, and he starts wreaking havoc in that person's life. The key is you've got to be able to discern as a believer, because I believe that every believer should be in deliverance ministry. That's just me. 
Why? Because we love God. We are believer. We love God. We're chasing after him, and then we're operating in what he gives us. You may not have every gift, so it may not be. That's, that's my desire, that everybody will be able to lay hands on and cast out demons. And if you don't lay hands on, guess what? You can walk by, identify what's going on. You discerned it in your spirit, and you cast that thing out. You called it out in the name of Jesus and had the confidence. I ain't worried about it getting on me either. Some folks do that. They worry about it jumping on them. Don't worry about it jumping on you. you got to have the faith that, guess what? I'm walking in power. I'm walking in the anointing of God. I'm walking in the spirit of God. The Bible says, looking at uh, Isaiah chapter 61, and I got a note to look at that verse. Matter of fact, I still got it open. Amen. Look at it in the Amplified Version. And primarily uh, what I really want to focus on is um, verse number verse number two. Verse number two in the Amplified Version of the Bible, it says, and to proclaim, ah, uh, never mind. Let's go back. I'm going to go back to verse number one. It says, and the spirit of, of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me and commissioned me. I'm, I'm reading out of the Amplified. And commissioned me to bring good news to the humble and afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted. To proclaim release from the confinement and the condemnation of the physical and spiritual captives. And freedom to prisoners, good God Almighty, I'm telling you the God's truth. If that's not one of your favorite scriptures, I would highlight it tonight and then begin to study that thing. This is what God is telling to the believers, and this is what we're operating. And if you don't know what your spiritual gifts is, again, the best person to go to, you can't go down to the um, human resources. You can't go down to human resources. What is my gift? you got to go to God. God will begin to show you. He'll begin, when he begins to lay folks on your heart, and then you start to get this, this urge to pray, you better know that he's making you an intercessor. When, he, when you start to hear him whispering to you to lay hands on somebody, you, that might just be the gift of healing. It goes on to say in verse number two, amplified version of the Bible, it says, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance and retribution of our God. To comfort all who mourn. God, I'm not seeing it in me. If you don't see it in you, you need to pray that prayer. God, I'm not seeing it in me. I pray in the name of Jesus that you allow your spirit to rest upon me. I pray that you allow your spirit to reveal to me my gift that I might proclaim and be able to comfort those who mourn. It goes on to say in verse number three, to grant to those who mourn in Zion the following, to give them a turban instead of dust uh, on, on their heads, a sign of mourning, the oil of joy instead of mourning. And a garment expressive 
of the praise instead of disheartened. Instead of disheartened spirit. So they will be called the trees of righteousness, strong and manifesting. I'm sorry, strong and magnificent, distinguished for integrity, justice, and right standing with God. The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Powerful, powerful, powerful word of God. And again, that we walk in as believers. The, the, the things that you've got to fill yourself with, the spirit of God, the activity of God. And listen, uh, uh, Director Spencer Johnson, uh, Sunday, he was talking about it, how, the life, how your life changes when you start walking in the gift of God. If God made you an evangelist and he sends you out into the world and you begin to operate in that, you'll start to see that the flood of God's favor comes in your life. If he's made you an intercessor and you find yourself waking up and praying for folks, not just waking up thinking about folks, not just waking up calling folks, talking about folks, not just waking up wondering why in the world am I waking up. No, when you get up and you feel the urge to pray and you begin to pray and then you start to get, thank you, God, when you start to get the testimony of folks that you pray for and you start to see, guess what? I prayed. They don't know I prayed, but I prayed and they got delivered. I prayed and they got the job. I prayed and they got their healing. I prayed and they stayed together. I prayed and they began to have joy. Then you start to see the favor of God work and operate in your life. You start to see things, doors opening up. That's when you start to see the joy. This last one, this last area, this area of peace. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of folks that do not have peace. You got spirits that torment folks. Fear. Afraid, afraid, afraid. Fear hath a torment. First John chapter 4, verse 18. Fear hath torment. I don't believe it's going to happen. I don't believe it's going to happen. I'm wondering. I'm wondering about this, and I'm wondering about that. I'm worrying about this, and I'm worrying about that. Listen, you need to reverse that. God's in control. God's got that. I'm not worried about it. It's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. I'm not worried about it. It's going to be okay. Speak it. Speak it to yourself. When the enemy tries to tell you to worry, I can't worry. I'm sorry. I can't worry about that. If I do begin to worry, listen, I'm going to start talking to folks about it. Folks that I know I'm going to pray. Hold on a second. You know what? I'm starting to think too much about the massiveness of the uh, the things that I've got going on in my life. I start talking to my prayer warriors about it. Start talking to, listen, confess your faults one to another, and you'll find out that God is faithful and just. He's going to remove that fear. He's going to remove that torment. He's going to remove that pain. But you've got to begin to, listen, that's the word of God. Confess it. Confess it. No, that's a fault. That ain't God. I'm starting to knot in my stomach. My stomach's starting to knot up. 
I'm starting to think about the massiveness of the things that's going on. This stuff is just too much. I got too much going on. Guess what? Begin to confess it. He is faithful. He is just. He will forgive you. He will cleanse you. And you can get your peace. Stop being afraid. Stop walking in fear. These things, watch this, will end up having you in a little frenzy. It'll have you in a frenzy. And if you're not careful, it'll have you in your grave. It will have you in your grave. Watch this. What winds up happening is that the peace that God intends for us to stay, he, he intends for us to live in peace, confidence in him. There's a story in the, in the book in this last little section on page 56 about a young lady who uh, he calls a Miss B, was in torment by the spirit. And then this, the spirit would come and it would completely overpower her. It says she could not act or think in her usual sober and stable way. When in one of these, in one of these, and I don't know what that is. She well in some in one of these states that she was in, it says that she would that she would often say, and this is the key when it comes to what we speak to ourselves. I often talk about what you say to yourself and what you hear from other people. The 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 internal and the external voices that you hear is so important. It's so important when it comes to what you say, what you let come into your mind. And then here it is here. It says she would begin to say, why am I acting like this? This is not like me. And when you do that, when you say, hold on a second, that's not my thought. When this thought comes to your mind and you recognize it is not your thought, listen, don't own it. That's not like God. But you've got folks who, when things come to their mind, instead of them trusting and believing in God and, and reiterating his word to them, to themselves, they begin to dialogue with this thought that's downright evil. When the pressures of circumstances, which had caused the spirit of torment to activate were lessened, she began to see that the spirit was creating crisis in her mind. Good God Almighty. That's revelation right there because the crisis is really not real. It's in your mind. It's what you believe. It's what you're putting yourself through. It's sometimes we start to prophesy in our mind the negative outcome. You might want to write that one down. What At times what we do is we prophesy to ourselves 
a negative outcome. Watch this. And then we believe it. We believe the negative outcome that has not occurred. It, this demon spirit causes us to go into this crisis kind of thinking about something that has never even happened. Instead of believing that God is going to bring you out of it, we believe that the negative outcome is going to happen. As much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Romans chapter 12, verse number 18. Romans chapter. So in order for us to do that, we have got to put in our mind the word of God. And the word of God, listen, it'll keep you. It'll keep you. It'll make peace in you when you put that word in. And this peace is what you got to be after. When you find out that there's areas in your life that you're tormenting, I bind every tormenting spirit. I don't care. Listen, whatever it is, if it's the, the demon, the demon that steals my peace in the name of Jesus, I bind it in the name of Lord Jesus. I don't, you, well, I don't know the demon's name. I don't know exactly what. What is he doing to you? Well, I know I don't have peace. The demon that's still in my peace, I bind it in the name of Lord Jesus. You see it. The person's talking to you, and they're sitting down, tears in their eyes. And they say, you know, something's just like I just don't have peace. The demon that's binding up, that's stealing her peace, I bind it in the name of Jesus. I bind that spirit. And I lose peace. He says, bind and loose. Whatever you bind here on earth, I'll bind it in heaven. Whatever you loose here on earth, Lord, loose your peace. I, he's got peace. He says, I'll loose it. What does he mean he'll loose it? He loose it so it can fly around in the air. Some folk, again, you never really identify when he say you're binding, you're loose. You're binding, you're loose. What do you mean you're binding, you're loose? He's got peace in heavenly places. And when you, when you say, I lose peace, he says, I'll loose it up here so it'll come down and go to where you said go. I'll give it to you. I lose the love of God. I lose the joy of God. He says, when you say it here, when you loose it here, I'll loose it up here. So, so you'll have what you want. That's why he says you can speak to mountains and mountains will be removed. That's why he says you can call those things that be not as though they were. The thing is, you got to believe. That's why I told you in the beginning, it's about faith. It's about what you believe. Frenzies and agitation. Agitations would come. <laughs> agitations. Don't they kill us? Frenzied. Frenzied and agitations. They, they destroy us. This little thing that's agitating you. Thank you, Holy Ghost. He's so good to me. She soon caught on that this demon was tricking her. I'm down at the bottom. Bottom paragraph, the last portion of the bottom paragraph, page 56. says, she's soon caught on. The demon kept got cast out, and then the demon kept tricking her, kept coming back. It says, and closed and when she, she, she finally figured out, caught on to what the demon was doing, and closed the door with faith and trust in God. She is now totally free. And this is what's happening. You got some folks who are going to get delivered. They're going to get delivered tonight when we get off this phone. 
Every demon that's been assigned in the name of Jesus, that's been assigned to anybody on this call. This is what I love about God, because he knows these words are going into your ears. I bind that evil spirit in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God, for knowing every tormenting spirit that are tormenting people that's on this line, agitating them. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I bind that spirit in the name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is over their life and covers them. I loose the love of God, the peace of God, and the joy of God. I loose revelation knowledge in their life. I loose a hunger, thank you, God, a hunger for righteousness and a hunger for the word of God in their life in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. Wow. Listen to what it says. This has freed her to be a channel for the fruits of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit of peace to flow through her to others. Can I end when I tell you this, since I've already prayed? Sometimes you wonder why in the world you're going through what you're going through. Never imagining that God is using these years of experience, like four years of college, eight years, when you're really going to do something that's going to really be detailed and you're really going to get paid a lot of money for it, being a doctor, brain surgeon, lawyer, and you got to go eight years of college. Matter of fact, some folks, 12 years of college. You went through all of that. Why? Because now the value of what you have to offer is greater. Thank you, Holy Ghost. The value of what you have to offer is greater. Some things you only need four years. Bam, you can go ahead and do it. No, 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 you're going for your doctorate. You're going for a double doctorate or double master's. You'd go, the value of what you're going to have to offer is greater. And you went through for 10 years dealing with this one thing. And now that you're delivered, guess what? God's going to use you as an instrument. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Listen to what he says. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the what? The word of their testimony. How you got a testimony? You ain't never gone through the test. And now that you're gone through the test, you ain't willing to deliver anybody else. And you're not willing to speak into their life. Not so. God's going to get the glory from your life. And now that you're delivered, you're going to deliver others. Wow. Thank you, God. Powerful, powerful lesson. I thank God for this lesson. And I pray that you operate in the deliverance that God has delivered you and that you use that as a generator, a driving force to cause you to want to see others delivered. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, saints of God. Wow. I thank God for that. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.